You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose. And now drops it, Kane shoots, trickling puck, Nordstrom reaches out with his left leg and kicks it away from Lynette. I was going in. In tight, Huberdeau trying to go back into forehand, they score. On the official home of your Calgary Flames. The Flames win it! Yeah, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Tuesday, it's the Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, downtown studio. No, no, no flames last night. That didn't happen. Oh, today is day four of the nine day break. Yeah, I'm getting the itchy scratchies already. Are you like the uh, Dave Chappelle meme? Yeah. Just scratching the side of your yeah. neck right now? What's that character's name? I don't know. Hmm. I have no idea. But uh, you get you need your are you jo- are you jonesing yeah. right now for some flames? Need hockey? my fix. Hey, are you jonesing? <laughs> I'm sweating. And That's such an old timey saying. Too, focus right? on are you it. jonesing? Oh, he's jonesing. I'm sure uh, Noah and Alex, our uh, our <laughs> intern and our technical director, similar age, never probably said jonesing in their whole life. I would assume so. I think it's a favorite. Alex, you ever said the term jonesing in your whole life? I don't think I can say that. No. Okay, thank you. I'm jonesing for a Jones soda. Okay. <laughs> Bad. Aww. Turn your mic Green off. apple. Listen, sometimes sometimes you ground out to first. <laughs> that was a bunt out to yeah. first. <laughs> foul bunt, and you got called out. That's <laughs> the worst. That was a foul pop-up. That's okay. Um, but shooters got to shoot. Uh, we got a busy show, sort of. No, we do. We have a busy show today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the Flames not playing, we got a busy show. Um, Alex Xero is going to join us um, from six uh, City News 680 in Toronto. Uh, came out yesterday with a very important message. So uh, we want him to share that message with our listeners uh, here in Calgary. And if you can help one person, we 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 have done our job today. So we'll have Alex Xero on. Uh, talk to him about some sports, too. Uh, excellent broadcaster from Toronto. Uh, he'll join us at 710 um, with some very important news uh, that he shared yesterday on social media. Uh, Brett Cron in studio. 7.30, yes. former Calgary Flames goaltender. Uh, he'll be a referee for our Beer League game, the Beer League broadcast, which goes this Thursday. I'm excited about I'm starting to get the the butterflies about it. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I was, I don't know, maybe I was borderline cynical about it because mm-hmm. I, I don't know what, what to expect. Sure. But I've already thought about, well, tomorrow night, now I got to do all my prep for it, too. Yeah. I got to come with guns blazing oh, during the broadcast for sure. Because when I when I'm going to be in the shadow of somebody like Pat Steinberg, mm-hmm. I have to make sure I bring yeah I bring the goods yeah definitely I bring sure. the information I bring the prep so I'm ready to uh, fill some airtime watching two adult beer league teams square <laughs> off on the ice. <laughs> what could go wrong? George? Yeah, it's going to be great. It's gonna so be a it's lot of fun. Uh, the Whalers versus the Lushes. Go and, and we're trying to get uh, both of the team captains in studio on Thursday to pump I, it up. You might have seen it on social media. Yeah. Uh, the Whalers. They, they we're got team a, Whalers. They, we're team Whalers. They got yeah. a hot dog roller that they bring yeah. to their locker room. So I was They've thinking, been trying to grease some of the referees with uh, yeah, offers of yeah. pork missiles. So I've been thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Now, you know how I'm a germaphobe? Sure, sure. You know, thing, I get easily grossed out by things. 
Like I'm the guy, you know, when they have like a bowl of food at work. Yeah. And then everybody throws their disgusting hands into that bowl and then eats from that bowl. Yeah. Like candy or whatever. Yeah. I'm never putting my hand in that bowl. Like that's just not me. I'm not I'm not made that way. And this shouldn't be a surprise to a lot of our listeners because I never spend a night in a tent. So so I wanna like I don't want to disrespect Tom from the Whalers uh-huh. and say no to a hot dog because who says no to a hot dog? Oh, they're I'm, delicious. Just say yes and I'll have it for you. I, I mean, like who doesn't love the beak in the hot dog? Like extra okay, beak for me. Stop. I don't need to. But do that. I don't know where the proximity of the hot dog machine in the dressing room will be to the bathroom. That's what grosses me out. In the photos, they're usually quite close. That's what I mean. Yeah. So let's That's say fair. some guy has a little bit of a gurgle in his stomach before the game, and the hot dog machine is spinning some dogs. <laughs> like it's a hard pass for me. I, I but I don't want to. But I don't want to disrespect the Whalers team, like which I is said, our team in the in the morning show. Like I just uh, accept yeah. the hot dog and, and I'll just house hand it, it over for to you. you. Yeah, we'll just how as soon as they get out there, we'll just put it away. Yeah, I'll, I'll have two, no problem. You can just. Throw it down your pile. Yeah, I'm like the guys from the Detroiters. I can smash tons of dogs, no problem. You're like Joey Chestnut. Don't skip lunch, Matt. Don't yeah. skip lunch. <laughs> Are you like Joey? I only Chestnut? had three hot dogs today. That's why I don't feel so good. Uh, kind of. No, not really. Um, are you? Are you fanatical about what you put on a hot dog? Because no. apparently, hot dog purists mm-hmm, say that you mm-hmm. should just throw ketchup in the garbage. Oh yeah, and only specifically. <laughs> see, look at Patrick. Oh, it's only a mustard thing. It's a mustard thing. See, I sure. I'm down for whatever. Like maybe like, I'm, a- I'm the guy that like when I used to get like a like a I was gonna say Max. What do they call Circle K dogs? Like why do you have to? Say, you could have just said convenience store. And they and they if got Circle a- K wants to come and sponsor yeah, a show sure. by all means. I'd like a Froster right now. The thing yeah. is that most convenience stores don't have the fro- the the rollers for the dogs. You okay. got to go to the, the the two big ones that we know of that we won't mention because I don't know if they're sponsors, but. You'd go there and they'd have like the big assortment of all the toppings you could have. Mm. And sometimes I'd load it up. I go cheese. Sometimes just a couple of things. This might surprise you. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of eating anything from a convenience store that's been sitting on a no, rack I, all day. I knew that was That would not be out. me. I knew that so, was coming. So um, you're specifically mustard, Patrick. Mm-hmm. So you, you're okay. You want to load everything up. My usual go-to where I usually have dogs at the dome usually and it would be male. Mayo, mm. ketchup, mustard, relish, mayo. Yeah, four bang there. Wow. Yeah, I would go ketchup, mustard, relish, mm-hmm. and then if there's like something else, maybe some put a little bit of hot pepper on there. Can't go wrong Load with fancy up. sauce. No, a little go ketchup fried and onion. mayo now, together. Now, fried do they have this here? Um, there is a uh, legendary place in Niagara Falls mm-hmm. where. Um, how can I put this? <laughs> Uh, women take their clothes off for money. Oh, so oh yeah, yeah. Okay. There's a legendary place there in Niagara Falls, and right outside of that establishment, th- th- so I've heard, there's mm. a hot dog stand. Yeah, like you make sausages. Sure. Is that a thing here in Alberta? Yeah. Uh, outside of those establishments, do they have hot dogs and sausage stands right outside the establishment? Yeah, I used uh, my walk to work. There used to be a, a gentleman that I would religiously swing by and, and and grab a smokey or something from him. Um, now, granted, I don't know how many I've seen since the pandemic, and I don't necessarily okay. hang out of a okay, lot no. of joints like that, but so now, I'm yeah. sure they're out there. So now I'm at, because I don't, are you allowed to sell hot dogs on the street here in Calgary? I've seen them before. Yeah, yeah. we have food trucks and stuff. Okay, sure. no, but I mean, just as they call them, you see, uh, you dirty see hot them, dog water vendors. You see them in the meat. summertime. 
Usually oh, by the okay. train state, by the train yeah, line. On the train this line. isn't like the thing is like you'd think Flames games would be perfect, but then the poor lad's got to be out there in minus twenty five, hoping people buy his meatsicles. That's a tough, tough way to live life. Yeah. Okay, that's a very good point. Summer, like summer, I so you'll definitely see him fall, a little bit more. Springtime would be a time that you'd see a lot more hot dog vendors. Stampede, all over the place. Ootnaboot. Oh yeah. There used oh, to be sure. uh, another. There was a a, a specific. So hot dog company that used to hang outside of a club here. It was pretty good. Okay. But they have those at those types of establishments here right outside. Yes. Okay. Uh, because that's always, that always really hit the spot. It's either that or just a greasy slice. I'm, I'm a little partial to a greasy slice. Sure. But I'm either way. Can't go wrong. See him outside the Canadian tire too. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's a good call, Patrick. Yeah. You used to always get a dog outside the Canadian um, Tire. The legendary dogs, uh, and yet I'm sure you've heard about them, at the Bell Center in Montreal. Yeah. The, all, all the hockey players take pictures after the game. Yeah, they're fantastic. Because they put them on like just like real just sliced bread. Yeah, isn't that... Yeah, but, but the huh. way they do it, it's delicious. I... Listen. Uh... I think we've all had to make ends meet, and who hasn't thrown a <laughs> a dog on a slice of bread before? Yeah, exactly. Wrapped Damn it in right. a wrapped it in a craft <laughs> singles no and called it a day. Yeah, like craft single. Yeah, okay. it's melted a little bit. That's pretty, pretty exotic. Yeah. Um. Whoa. So yeah, mm, I'm craft. I don't exotic. like. I don't want to disrespect Tom and the Whalers because sure. they're our team. Like you and I would die for the Whalers because that's how much we're into it. Let's go, boom, boom. Yeah. So um, they're coming to bring us T-shirts too, apparently. On uh, on Thursday before the beer league game, I'm fired up. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then uh, you and I. What time do we? This broadcast starts at six thirty. I don't know. Six. Well, six. doors at sorry doors at six. Game at seven. When so. do I have to start talking? Six thirty. Pre games at six thirty. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, we have to you know be sh- we got to schmooze our listeners after. Yeah, I think all like six of them. We were told like. Yeah, schmooze, be ready to... At Wild Rose Brewery, the after party? Knock elbows and whatnot. So I like, call it. literally in these meetings, they told us, hey, yeah, make sure you guys have a good time. <laughs> oh, yeah, no problem. You guys just get, you know, just, just get really after it. Make sure you get really boozy, and then just wake up at 4.30 to do your show in the morning. Oh, yeah, no problem. No problem, guys. Make I, sure. I Couldn't never, have the beer league game on a Friday night. I never Why would problems. that be crazy? Yeah, this Who is, had that idea? Nobody? Waking up in the morning's never an issue for me. No. <laughs> but uh, beer league game, uh, Brent Cron's going to be a referee for that. He's going to join us in studio. Uh, we'll talk about uh, what his plans are as an official. Yeah, or lack thereof. Yeah, is he going to do like a speech like they did at the beginning of the season? <laughs> maybe he should have one of those. We, I, I've got that audio. We can yeah, make sure maybe. we play well, it for we'll play him. It for we'll Brent pull it Cron up. when yeah. he comes in studio. Go a little uh, um, we'll time machine, sure. Uh, Megan Mickelson, um, Sportsnet analyst, uh, Olympic gold medalist on the Flames at 8 o'clock. We'll talk to her about the Bohora trade. And uh, Randeep uh, Janda from uh, our pals at Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver on that Bo Horvat trade yesterday. Um, we'll get to that in one sec, but we just tweeted something out. Uh, at Sportsnet 960, which is actually really nice that we got the Twitter account back. It's been really it's nice. Been a, yeah. It's been a revelation. Been like, yeah. I didn't know how much we missed the Sportsnet 9. With all due respect to at Alex Brody Media <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> it can only go so far. It can only go so far. <laughs> like, I, like, you should definitely follow at Alex Brody Media for sure on 100%. Twitter. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
this one has a little more reach. And uh, I've noticed uh, there's an envelope addressed <laughs> to Eric Francis that's been sitting on the uh, on the desk where our board sits that essentially runs the entire show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to ask you at uh, at nine sixty nine sixty on the text line, what's in the letter that Eric Francis got? What is it? <laughs> what's in the letter? Give us what. What do you think that letter is about? Is what's there anything in the, in the letter? letter? Is there a mysterious powder? Like what's in the letter? Is there a finger in there? I can I can pretty much guarantee, and it doesn't look like a finger's in there. It doesn't have the mass, I yeah, think, to or, hold or a like finger the, or like a lump yeah, in the middle it's... of the envelope where a finger would be. Yeah, but <laughs> no blood stains. No, no blood stains. That'd be an intense letter to get. Uh, what's in the letter that Eric Francis got? Nine sixty nine sixty name and location. Uh, you can go look at the the actual letter at uh, at Sportsnet nine sixty on Twitter. Um, Bo Horvat got traded. What? Yesterday. He sure did. Came out of nowhere, too. And, and I know... As it does with Lula Morello. Sure, and I'm sure uh, uh, executives from uh, Sportsnet and the other three-letter network, I bet you a little piece of them died yesterday when they saw the Bull Horvat trade. I'm like, why did you have to do it today? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the first thing that pops in my head because I work in this business. Yeah, like, you're like, poor media people. Yeah. What are we going to do March 3rd? That yeah. was at least an hour of your nine-hour broadcast. Oh, at least... <laughs> Like that's the first thing that popped in my head. I go content, content. But For then the I show. thought, because this is my take on the whole Bo, Bo Horvat trade. First of all, the return felt a little light, eh, but yeah. at the same time, he's in he's a pending unrestricted free agent. Yeah. At so then I also thought about this: Who's to say the Islanders don't flip him at the deadline now if he doesn't want to stay long term? And if they continue to trend out of the playoffs, yeah, right. It's totally not out of the question. And that boy, could you imagine if they end up getting more of a return? <laughs> Somehow Lou flips it and gets better players and better picks out of it. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked. That would be very Vancouver Canucks. Well, the, the Habs did that with Joel Edmondson. Yeah. They, they, they acquired him for like a fifth and then they traded him for like a first or a second. I don't yeah. remember what it was. Yeah. But it's like, wow, that's a good piece of business. Yeah, the Habs did there. Not bad. You, not bad. You like to see that type of stuff. Um, yeah, Bo Horvat's now a New York Islander, and knowing Lou, uh, well, the legendary Lou Lamorello, um, he's got to have some sort of contract in hand, right? That he's going to offer Bo Horvat. Well, there's it, no way he's going to make that deal for a rental and doesn't think he can sign him. Because this is Lou we're talking about. If the Canucks did something like this, you'd be like, who knows what they're going to do? Because they're a they're a tire fire of an organization. But at least Lou, the team can't score on the island. Mm-hmm. Like. That's their biggest issue this season. Yeah, they're, they're getting goaltending. They can check. Yeah, Sorokin's great. They're in a new barn. They need to score. Matthew Barzell is probably one of the most underrated players in the National Hockey League with how dynamic that guy is. But he doesn't necessarily put the puck in the no, net. No, he, he helps other guys put the puck in the net. And potentially they, they pair him with Bo Horvat together on a line, which would be super interesting. They got a bunch of good garbage men who, you know, pick yeah. up the puck in front of the net and bury it. Yeah, like like uh, J.P. Pajot. Like he's the perfect example of a guy who's who's hard to play against. Nelson, Lee, yeah. pain in the um, ass type of guys. When, when Lou Lamorello makes that type of deal, I would imagine he has something holstered. To give that guy a contract extension. I don't know. Like, Anthony Beauvilliers felt like a guy that had kind of reached the end of his rope in New York. A former first-round pick, a a former world junior player, a former standout in the QMJHL who has never really had anything pan out since he got to the NHL. He's been in the league for several years now. He's got a career high of 21 goals. He's kind of a 35 to 40 point type of guy. 
Uh, in the the shortened season that was only 48 games, he was on pace for about 30 goals, but that was his best year and hasn't really lived up to it since. So it felt like that was a guy they were trying to find a new home for. You don't really mind parting ways with him. Atu Ratti is a, a former second-round pick who in his draft year was looked at as maybe as a first, but was one of those guys that slid and slid and slid and slid throughout his draft year and hasn't really been able to pan out since coming over to North America either, playing 12 games in the NHL and only has two points. And then you get the top, the, the first-round pick, but it's top 12 protected. And when you look at it, that 12 is kind of that maybe uh, tier that a lot of the prognosticators on the draft are looking at. So when you look at it that way, I'm saying, I don't know if Lou really gave up that much that he was really coveting. Like, it's not like the Islanders have an outstanding prospect pool to start, but, um, and, and you give up one of your top players in that pool, but it's not like you were giving up someone who, like, like an Owen Power last year, where he was the bona fide number one prospect not playing in the NHL. That's not what Aturati is. Um, real quick, yeah, my mistake. Uh, Joel Evanson still have. I'm, what I meant was Ben Sherratt. Okay. Yeah, 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 sorry, yeah. Sorry. So now... I, I, you're right that it was a Canadiens trade. Yeah, my bad. But, and it uh, was a defenseman, and, and it was a big shutdown and, defenseman. And, and the Habs uh, own the, the first-round pick of the Panthers. That isn't protective. Yes. We, we uh, I got this text, too. Good morning, man. It's envelope. It's envelope, not envelope. Have a great day. My mm. apologies. Envelope? Envelope? That's somebody who probably works is in the business. Envelope or envelope? Which no, one is it? Envelope. Envelope. Not envelope. Hmm. Envelope. Envelope. I feel like that's somebody who works with these on a daily basis. Maybe works at some sort of um, shipping, receiving. Like it, think he's a mailman? No, I, I don't. A mail person? I don't know what the proper terminology is, but maybe. Um, these are coming in now, too. Uh, what's in uh, Eric Francis' envelope? Envelope. That he got uh, at Sportsnet 960. It's on the Twitter account, at uh, Sportsnet 960. Uh, Randy uh, Jonda is going to join us at 8.30 to break down this Bo Horvat trade. And people in Vancouver are not happy with the return. Like, I don't know what they were expecting. Like, nine firsts? Like, what are you expecting for Bo Horvat? Like, the, but, but, the, but at the yeah. same time, here, why now? That was what why I was not, about to say. Why not, like, till the market heats up a little bit? Like, as I look at this deal, it could certainly pan out for the Canucks. It's really hard to look at this today and say, man, the Canucks really, really got what they needed to get with this, especially because, okay, look how many wingers this team has. They have like seven wingers that will account for $45 million of their cap hit next year. Mm -hmm. They lack centermen. They lack on the blue line. And what do they go and acquire? A couple of wingers. And one of them who's not necessarily ready to play in the NHL. So... I don't know. It, it was it was strange because that was exactly my thought. Why did you do it now? Did you really think this was the absolute best deal that you were going to get? Mm -hmm. That part feels surprising, but yeah, I don't know. A lot of things that come out of Vancouver seem surprising. Yeah, um, we have lots to get to today. Um, we have an update on the Empire State Building story I did <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> Yes, we do. Uh, we'll <laughs> it got away from us. We'll get to that what later is that? on. Come we'll, on. Well, don't ru don't ruin the tease. Don't don't give away don't give away any of it. I was only a little. Okay. Uh, we'll give you an update on the Empire State Building thing, 
And uh, later on, um, saw this yesterday too. Probably the worst place to break up with somebody. <laughs> I also saw this. Uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do that later on in the show um, because <laughs> I don't think there is a worse place to break up with somebody. So uh, we're gonna talk about that and get and probably open up the text line too. Where's the worst place you broke up with somebody? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. The, but this one, this one's a tough one. This one's a tough sell. This like the timing. Do you know what I hated about this is that other people were involved. Yeah, the timing of this probably wasn't the best. No, but then again, this individual may have just reached the end of his rope. Yeah, and said, "You know what? Yeah, cards on the table. Yep, I fold. Yeah." So uh, we'll do that story. Um, Inter Noah's here again uh, this week. For some reason, he decided to uh, come back. Come back on the morning show for another week. Um, he's going to have a uh, a red hot flames take. Yesterday it was the primary jerseys are not that good. Yeah. I uh I don't know what he has in store for us today. No, nothing. But it's gonna happen in the eight o'clock hour again. Looking forward to it. So uh and today, Alex, can we have the clock and a buzzer so he only has fifteen seconds? Okay, I can do that. Because I didn't know when his fifteen seconds were up yesterday. Yeah, I realized I didn't do a very good job of explaining <laughs> when it came in. Um yeah. Um, but you were also really proud of what you built yesterday. So I thought I it felt sounded kind of bad. cool. Like, yeah. So we need a 15 second clock and a buzzer at the end. Okay. So then he's done. Okay. Okay. We'll do that in the eight o'clock hour. We'll also talk to Megan Mickelson. My favorite question for Olympic gold medalists is where do you keep it? The medal? Yeah. Like, I know if I had one, I'd probably keep it like on the coffee table. Oh, that little thing. <laughs> you want to talk about that little thing? I I'd have probably here? just wear it all the time. <laughs> like in well, the yeah, shower? You, you asked Jen. No, Botterell. not in the shower. Like okay. I, I'd like have it like oh, wallet, phone, yeah. keys, and Mel- my Olympic medal. medal. <laughs> yeah, you, you asked Jen Botterell where she keeps her two golds, and it's out front. Then where do you keep the silver? Yeah, I did ask her yeah. where she kept the silver. That thing's kind of put away though. No, oh, she yeah. doesn't look that at things that things in the much. in the attic. Yeah, it's there somewhere. <laughs> it's that there one in is case of emergency. Actually, a paper, but it's still an incredible medal to win. Yeah, like silver is. Like again, I was never an Olympian. Really? No, I never went to uh, the RBC training ground to get you know? in the Olympics, which is new. <laughs> he didn't. But just from an Olympics perspective, isn't it better to win a bronze and a silver? No. Because, like, silver, eh, you're like, depends well, hang on, on. Depends on the sport. De- depends on the sport. Okay, so let, let me, because silver, you're like, I was that close to gold. I'm the first place loser. Bronze, like, oh, at least I got something. In team events, I'm, I'm taking the bronze. It totally depends on what you're... Uh, what you hope to achieve as well, but you know the the tournament games are different because you actually have to go out and win bronze, where you lose to get silver. That's what I mean. So in like a hockey, the hockey tournament of the Olympics, I could kind of see it. Yeah, because the silver's the it's it's but your reminder that you lost that game. In the individuals, doesn't I I think it silver's better. silver's more impressive. Yeah, if it's an individual okay. sport. All right, I'm just. Hey, I got something. I got a bronze. I'm going home with something. Yeah. Hey. And still, uh, an Olympic medal is still really cool. And top three finish is pretty impressive. Yeah. But, you know. Have you ever seen an Olympic medal in person? I want to say yes, but I don't. They're, they're a lot smaller it. than you actually think they are. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they look huge sometimes. Yeah. But I also think that Olympians aren't always, like, massive no. humans. They're just, like, 
no athletic people. I remember I went. Uh, I covered. Um, this is one of my first gigs I did in radio. Uh, I went to the airport mm. at Pearson in Toronto. Sure. When all the Olympians came back from Beijing, mm. and were you like the tallest one? <laughs> uh, funny you say that. I uh, I interviewed Karen Coburn, who won the gold medal in trampoline. Mm. <gasps> yeah, I bet she was like four eleven. Yep. I swear to God, of course. And the medal was like enormous on her. Yeah, and then Adam Vancouverden was there. Oh yeah, you know the uh, the kayaker rower guy. Yeah, I yeah. love Adam, and he was like, yeah, Adam Vancouverden. And then he got really passionate because I I asked him the question, why did you, you know why did you feel the need to apologize to Canada because he didn't win the gold medal. And they didn't want in this whole rant because he he was waiting for the whole flight home. He was waiting for somebody to ask him that question. And then I remember he was saying, well, it's not just the Olympics in our sport. People should be watching like the World Championships and the World Cup. Eh. Like the only guy I could think of who would watch World Cup kayaking is probably Peter Labardius. And Canada would have to be like yeah. elite. Uh, yeah, yeah like, they'd have to be a like favorite maybe. Kayaking and like, like that's like it's a once every four year sport and there's nothing wrong with that. We pay attention to it once every four years. Yeah, every time I drive over the Glenmore Reservoir, I see some guys kayaking, yeah. and that's and it's probably an incredibly it tough my... sport. Yeah, and it Maybe takes a ton of athleticism and physical endurance. Yoke top yeah. half, you get jacked. I understand all of that, but it's a once every four year sport that we all care about and watch. Like there's times I remember when I used to set my alarm to watch like the men's eights row at the Olympics in the middle of the night. I've never done that. Yeah, I have because I, I I'm an Olympics guy. I love watching the Olympics, but it's still a once every four year sport. Yeah, fair enough. I don't set my clock to it. I'm more of a I'm gonna get home and I'm gonna watch some Olympics and we'll see yeah, what's cause on. Because I, I can't watch it tape delayed either. I have to watch it live. Yeah, it never has the same jam. Like fair you know, enough. in America on NBCL, they like pretend like it's all live when <laughs> it's not. Mm-hmm. It's like twelve hours old. Yeah, and Americans have no clue. <laughs> but like, I gotta watch everything live as it's going on. I would agree if I don't know the results. Like, if I haven't already gone back and looked, that's fine. But if I can live in a little bit of uh, naive bliss for a moment, I can just watch a replay. If I don't know how it's going to end, that's fine by me. Especially if there's a Canadian involved. Uh, we'll ask Megan uh, what, what she does with the gold medals. Like, if, she, if she's having a down day, does she just put it on and walk around, you know, her house? Like, is that... How much do you watch kayaking? Are yeah. you every four years? Probably doesn't. Well, I don't know. Maybe she's hardcore. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Eric Francis has an envelope here at Sportsnet 960. Um, what's in Eric Francis' envelope? 960, 960, name and location. Straight ahead, the Rose Report. Um, the worst possible place probably to break up uh, with your girlfriend. And an update on the Empire State Building. It's all straight ahead. It's a busy show. It's a big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Your number one spot for Flames coverage can be found on Flames Talk with me, Pat Steinberg. Exclusive interviews, trusted insiders, and the latest news. Listen live weekday afternoons at 4 or stream the Flames Talk podcast on demand. It's Tuesday. It's the big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems. Downtown studio next hour. Busy. Busy. Alex Xero from... City News 680 in Toronto will join us. Brett Cron in studio at 7.30. We're going to talk about his referee chops because he's going to be an on-ice official during our uh, beer league game, which goes down Thursday night at 7 between our Whalers against the Lushes uh, from the afternoon show. Uh, we'll talk to Brett Cron about that. And uh, sports and hockey analyst, Olympic gold medalist, Megan Mickelson. At 8 o'clock. And uh, later on in the show, we got an update on the Empire State Building. Yep. 
uh, the probably the worst place to break up with somebody. Yep. And uh, we tweeted something out at the Sportsnet 960 Twitter account, at Sportsnet 960. There's been a letter addressed here to Eric Francis that's been sitting here for a while. Yep. What's in the letter? What is it? It's not like the whole at the end of seven. What's in the box? What's in the box? No, it's not that. But what's in the letter? 960, 960 name and location. But right now, yo, lots of uh, hockey talk straight ahead No, with one game. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's the Rose Report brought to you by Motorworks. If you own a BMW, choose Motorworks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Avenue, 3rd Street, Southeast. Marty Rose. Matt Rose. Matt Rose. Adam Rose. Ah, good morning and a happy Tuesday to you, friends. Thanks for hanging out. Lots to get to. We had a big deal in the NHL, including a Canadian club. I think you're going to want to hear this. You're going to want to hear this. We'll recap yesterday's load hockey game. And look at this evening's slate. We also found out some fallout from Championship Sunday in the NFL. Uh, plus a raps report. Jay's invited some dudes to camp and the stamps with a couple of signings. First off, that's a sweet mustache. So let's get right into it. Uh, before we get to the big trade yesterday, a quick little flames note here, Georgie. Uh, the lads are enjoying some time off. You might have seen some of the pictures of uh, the top line and Andrew Mangiapane hanging out on a boat somewhere warmer than this. Uh, glad to see they're all having a good time. They weren't with some Giants players, were they? Because that's no, bad news. No, they were not with some Giants players. Okay. Uh, and it is not that close to a game day. Uh, Markstrom had the video of him dancing a ranchman's the other day. It's actually the big Swedish netminder's birthday today. So... Thirty-three years old is Mister mm. uh, Jacob Markstrom. You know my feelings on adult birthdays. Eighth in franchise games played by a goaltender. Thirteen back of passing Roman Turek. Seventy-one wins, tied is, for six in the franchise with is, Trevor Kidd. Is Roman Turek's nickname like one of the best in Flames history? What was his nickname? Large, large. That's a good nickname. I like yeah. that a lot. Large. He was one of my brother's favorite goaltenders that I don't sucked, remember that. Yeah. But man, he had a great nickname, Large. Boy, not good. That's he was okay sure. with the Blues at one time. Yeah, like the thing was, as soon as Kipper came here, it was like, oh, this is a real goaltender. Oh, yeah. wow, incredible. Large has to be one of the best names, nicknames in Calgary Flames history. Though. Uh, Markstrom does continue to climb up the franchise ranks. Just wanted to give him a bit of a shout out here. Three more years at... Uh, Six million per. So a happy birthday to Mr. Jacob Markstrom. But on to the trade. Yesterday, the Canucks traded Captain Bo Horvat to the New York Islanders for a package including three pieces. A 2023 first round pick, top 12 protected. Atu Ratu, uh, former second round pick, dynamic finish forward. Uh, been playing some center for the Bridgeport Islanders. Recently, he'll be assigned to Abbotsford and Anthony Beauvillier former first round pick part of that disappointing 15-16 world juniors team that was ousted in the quarterfinals 21 goals in 71 games as a sophomore hasn't really had that production since in the shortened year he was on pace for almost 30 goals but his career high in points has never exceeded 39 middle six to bottom six winger type of guy with a little bit of scoring potential that he definitely showed when he was in junior with the cataracts over in the queue Canucks general manager Patrick Alfine had this to say about the other player involved in the trade, young prospect Atu Ratu, who will be assigned to Abbotsford. First year pro, played really well at the World Juniors this summer. Um, 
I, you know, played really strong in, in Finland. Uh, his uh, draft year plus one there. Um, uh, again, uh, getting all those young players down to Abbotsford and growing them down there, um, educating him how we want to play. So he'll start down with the young team. Bo Horvat goes over to the Islanders. No extension for the UFA forward yet either. His cap hit's going to be $4.125 million after the Canucks retained a quarter of yeah. Horvat's salary, and See, of course, being a pending UFA. So so many questions, and uh, Randeep uh, John is going to join us later on from our friends at Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver, but the problem is with the Vancouver management team right now yeah. is they have absolutely zero equity. So anytime they make a move like this, you're like, was now the time? This was the best offer you had out there. Why would you make this move now? Why not closer to the March 3rd trade deadline when teams are maybe desperate and want to get into the playoffs and would give you a better return? We know that general managers now aren't handing out first-round picks anymore like candy. And, and good on the Canucks for getting a first-round pick for Bo Horvat. It's lottery-protected this year, and if, they, and if they don't use it this year, it's unprotected next year, which is fine. But why now? Like, I... Now is the time to pull the trigger on this deal? Like, Bo Horvat was such a distraction in Vancouver that you wanted to do this now, and that and that package that the Islanders gave you was so unbelievable to this management team, was so tempting that they couldn't turn down an offer, and then they decided to trade him. Because I just, I just don't know about the timing, and I just can't trust any decision they make because they're an absolute tire fire of an organization led at the top by their ownership. The one thing I would say, and this is more to play devil's advocate, I don't think I believe this more or less, would be, you know, you go back to that press conference they had with Jim Rutherford and him basically saying, I'm not going to talk anymore. But one of the things that he also mentioned is that they had put their final offer out to Bo Horvat because they thought this season was an outlier. And if that's what you truly do believe, maybe they were afraid of a drop-off in a month leading up to the trade deadline. Sure. But that's all I can come up with as I try and play a little bit of devil's advocate. But you can also have a bidding war for them as the trade trade deadline approaches. Oh, 100%. I, I'm right there with you. I just now, think, are worried, they worried that his value would tank, but it's a guy who already scored 31 goals, so I don't know. I Obviously, we, we don't know what was in the head of Bo Horvat because you, you're thinking that I'm leaving Vancouver uh, and then going to a contender, and then you're going to a team that's probably going to miss the playoffs in the Islanders. So that must be super frustrating if you're Bo Horvat. But at the same time, uh, when Lou Lamorello makes a trade like that, I would assume he thinks he can sign him long-term. And maybe the allure of playing in New York is something that he wants to do. He, he wants to be there long term. But just the timing for all of this just seems a little weird to me. And I'm sure uh, Randeep is going to have a lot more on that later on in the show. Islanders are two points out of the playoffs. They've got a big game coming up in three of their games when they'll play the Vancouver Canucks. Bo Horvat already has that circled on his calendar. Yep. That is going to be an interesting game to say the least. Um among among other things, it's obviously it's it's going to be a little weird <laughs> skating uh, on the other side of uh, you know uh, of the ice from all my ex teammates. But uh, again, it should be uh, you know it's a game that I've already circled on my calendar. I can't wait to play. Saga comes to an end. Bo Horvat to the Islanders for a first. Aturatu and Anthony Beauvillier all comes full circle as well as you, you might remember the 2013 NHL draft and how the Canucks went about getting Bo Horvat. We have a trade to announce. I think you're going to want to hear this. 
New Jersey trades the ninth selection in the 2013 NHL draft to Vancouver in exchange for goaltender Corey Schneider. Worked out pretty well. Only nine years ago. And, and Flames well, had just selected Sean Monaghan six overall moments before. And and good news for Flames fans. Mm-hmm. What's that? Traded him out of the conference. Don't hate that. Didn't go to a team that was chasing the Flames for potentially a wild card spot. The Avalanche. Yep. Something like that. That would have been mm-hmm. scary. Uh, let's move on to the only game yesterday. It was the Jets and the Blues. The Jets are scuffling right now. How about this clip from Rick Bonus after the previous game, which was a third straight loss for Winnipeg? The difference makers weren't there tonight. That's the best way to put it. And for one of the first times that I can remember, there were boos, especially during that power play. I'm surprised there wasn't more boos. Okay, that's... Saucy. Mm-hmm. Blues had lost four in a row themselves. They actually jumped out to a 2-0 lead. But then in the third period, Josh Morrissey scored his ninth goal early in the third. That gave the Jets some life, and Winnipeg continued to press. Shifley, tied up by a cherry, trying to get it in front. Taken away by Falk, blocked by Connor. Got it down low, Shifley scores! Morgan Barron for Morrissey. Looks to the net, scores! Mark Shifley and Josh Morrissey score goals 21 seconds apart as uh, the Jets come from behind to earn their first multi-goal third period comeback of the season. They beat the Blues by a 4-2 score. They needed that one as a team that's been scuffling in the Central a little bit late. When does the fire sale in St. Louis start? It's got to be soon, right? It's got to be sooner rather than later. With that loss, they have now dropped to 8 points out of the postseason and... The Avalanche have three games in hand. Remember about a week and a half ago where I said, if I'm a Flames fan, I would welcome a series with the Jets? Uh-huh. I was like, oh, no, you, you don't want any part of the Jets. I want a lot of part of the Jets if I'm the Calgary Flames. Here's the thing. Sign me up for a Jets-Flames series right now if the Flames are a wildcard team and somehow Winnipeg can get past Dallas and win the Central. Sign me up if I'm a Flames fan. I just Yes, please. I just have very little interest in facing a possible Vesna candidate goaltender in the first round of the playoffs because last year that was sure because you have PTSD and I understand that yeah but their and blue goal- line's thin there's a yeah. bit of issues up front like Wheeler's falling off a cliff like the bottom six isn't really doesn't scare you at he all hasn't fallen off a cliff who Blake, Blake Wheeler? Wheeler he's got six points in his last five games okay here. but as the season as a whole. Still having a pretty good season, isn't he? For what he, well, he got, he he's down a testicle, man. <laughs> okay, well, he got shot. What do, what do you have to bring that up? I'm just saying, he's been through hell this year. Okay, 30, 37 points in 43 games. All right, I stand corrected. Then he's having a decent season, and when you can go with Connor Dubois, Shifley, Wheeler, Perfetti, Ehlers in your top six, and you just kind of cobble the rest of it together, and you got one of well, the best goaltenders. Okay. Well, let's ask the man who told me again, Patrick Dubois. <laughs> yeah. Would you would you welcome a series between the Flames and the Jets? I just wonder with the Flames, like it, it you, you with Maddie and the whole Connor Hellebuck thing. It is a tough, tough time to get that goalie right now. I get that with the Flames' lack of scoring and whatnot. I get it. You'd probably want to welcome that series over a Dallas or even I think Colorado's going to end up winning this division, maybe <laughs> or at least pass Winnipeg to get to second. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's I don't know. I think Calgary's best time in the playoffs get into that pacific division yeah i would agree okay play well, la play match, seattle play vegas that yeah. would be that would work for me all right uh, i i just have very little interest in a connor hellebuck in a seven game series three games tonight including the senators and the canadians in an all canadian canadian matchup 
bottom 10 teams in the entire NHL, but the Sens are goofing around, winners of three straight, yeah, and as they continue to climb out of a playoff lotto, uh, out of a lotto spot. It's going to be the fun part. You know, the rebuild's done. Yeah, there, there's a team that everyone loved. Rebuild's what Pierre done. Dorian and the, and the Senators did in the offseason. Wow, had the offs. They had the best, them and the Flames, best offseason. Uh, and then the, the Sen, like, what are you trying to accomplish now, Ottawa? Now they might have to trade Alex Dabrinkit rather than sign him. Try and recoup some assets. They give up a first, second, and third there. Yeah, it's a bit strange there. But it also and, goes to show, and I've always believed this about the NHL, you can't just solve your team in free agency or trade in a single offseason. No, you, you this is a league where you have to draft, draft and, you have and develop. Guys right, that have because to a system. in Ottawa, the, the blue line is still ridiculously thin, and goaltending's mm-hmm. been an issue forever. Blue line is thin, and blue line is young. And what happened to Brandstrom? Yeah, he's, the, the key piece of the Mark Stone deal that this is the next member, the next Nicholas Lidstrom, that was he was touted as when he was drafted by the Golden Knights, and that guy hasn't taken that step yet. He absolutely could. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's going to be the next Nicholas Lidstrom, but he's been underwhelming so far as an Ottawa Senator. Uh, elsewhere, Kings and the Hurricanes. Carolina has won five games in a row. Carolina, come and raise up. Let's go, boys. Kings are five points up on the Flames, and Calgary will have three games in hand after this contest. Finally, the Capitals and the league worst Blue Jackets. Oh, boo-hoo. Every game tonight starts at 5 o'clock. Note from Sunday's NFL action, 49ers rookie quarterback Brock Purdy hurt early in that Niners blowout loss to the Eagles. They ran out of quarterbacks, the Niners did, due to injury. Josh Johnson had a concussion. Uh, it was a mess. We were hearing that it was maybe a pinched nerve or something like that for Purdy. Nope. Torn UCL. Wow. Surgery probably needed probably about a six-month recovery. So now the question is, and this from Adam Schefter on ESPN, what are they going to do at QB next season? Now you think about the 49ers quarterback situation. Brock Purdy is out six months. Jimmy Garoppolo is coming off the broken foot and is a free agent. Trey Lance is coming off a fractured fibula with two ankle surgeries. And so a team that just went through so many quarterbacks now has major quarterback questions mm-hmm. going into the 2023 season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where, where does uh-huh. that lead to? Uh-huh. Where is the guy who had always wanted to play for the San Francisco 49ers because you cheered for him as a kid? Do I have a goat sound effects here? One oh. Thomas Brady. I do. Yep. There it is. Patrick, if Tom Brady's the quarterback yeah. of the Niners on Sunday, do they win that game? <laughs> if they can protect him and keep him upright, they do. <laughs> Probably. And you just look at the playmakers around Tom Brady uh-huh. if he goes to the 49ers with that defense. Yeah. Yeah. They don't even need him to be, like, great. They just need him to be good slash serviceable, like Brock Purdy was here. But now he's not coming back anytime soon. And for, forget that talk about, oh, it's just a nerve, like a funny bone thing. Yeah. Well, no, he li- literally tore, tore his elbow. UCL. And yeah. now you know why he couldn't throw the football, because his elbow was absolutely mangled. But yeah, I could totally see Tom Brady go there. And I'm sure Tom Brady, that's the spot where he wants to go and would have the best chance for the Super Bowl. Because if I'm Tom Brady, why on earth would you want to go to the AFC? There's way too many blockbuster quarterbacks. In the AFC, the the road to the Super Bowl is a hell of a lot tougher in that conference than it is in the NFC. Look what the Eagles had to do. They had to beat a very mediocre Giants team in the divisional round. Look at the final four of the AFC. It was stacked for quarterbacks. Right. And then they, they beat a Niners team who had no quarterback. The road to the Super Bowl is a lot easier in the NFC than it is in that stacked AFC. Uh... 
I would agree with you. Intriguing to watch as yeah. we go throughout the uh, off season. Didn't think we were going to get an injury bombshell like that yesterday, but uh, how about that on a Monday? Raptors are playing game four of this seven-game Western Conference road trip as they were out to play the Suns. Ready there, uh, buddy? Break this one down for me. Okay, here we go. Uh, Raptors uh, had a good fight last night in Phoenix against the Suns, but ultimately fell 114-106. They had no answer for DeAndre Ayton, who had a double-double in the final minutes as the Suns pulled away for that eight-point victory. Raptors shot just 44.9% from the field and struggled big time and were without OG and Anobi last night and uh, shot just nine of... Oh, it's too bad. 33 from three. Suns are 27 and 25 on the year, eh? Yeah, well, they've been dealing with a ton of injuries. Mm. And that's one of those teams in the Western Conference that... If they get healthy right right. before the playoffs, all they have to do is get in. They're a dangerous team Mm. because they have a lot of depth. Especially if they can avoid that tournament and get even a little bit more rest in there early Mm -hmm. on. Mm, Interesting. Hot Phoenix Suns talk. There you go. show. Don't talk about basketball! <laughs> That's right. Uh, final note here, uh, and a local one. We got lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. Uh, Dickinson, uh, Dave Dickinson, that, of course, the general manager of the Calgary Stampeders, uh, they made a couple of signings yesterday. Stampeders have inked uh, linebacker Silas Stewart to a one-year contract. The 27-year-old was dynamite on special teams. He was also the backup to Jameer Thurman, who still remains unsigned. That's an intriguing one. Fre- uh, free agency opens on February the 14th. They also signed veteran tackle Derek Dennis to a one-year contract. Four-time West Division All-Star suffered a season-ending leg injury in Week 16, which kept him out of the playoffs. Notable in his uh, little press release here, uh, one sentence. I'm just going to get PR Patricia to read uh, for you here. I'm still in rehab, improving daily, trying to prepare myself for my best and final season. Ah, it's the last part. For my best and final season. Best and final season as uh, the 34-year-old coming back for the swan song. The Bone Crusher. Uh, great dude. Great Twitter follow, especially if you're into the CFL or football in general. Uh, he'll join Sportsnet today, this afternoon, as well uh, in the 2 o'clock hour. Don't miss that. And good night and good luck to you, sir. Uh, great job, Maddie. And uh, the Rose Report brought to you by Motorworks. If you own a BMW, choose Motorworks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Ave and 3rd Street Southeast. All right. Uh, busy, busy 7 o'clock hour. Um, Alex Xero from our friends at Sportsnet, or excuse me, City News 680 in Toronto, um, came to Twitter with some important news uh, yesterday, some personal stuff, a battle that he's going through. Uh, we'll talk to Alex about that. Brett Cron in studio at 7.30. It's the first time I get to meet him face-to-face. Kind of looking forward to it. He's not John Bender big, but he's a big dude. Like, John Bender is like... He's a bit of a mountain. Yeah, he's hulking. He's from three hills, and he's literally one of the hills. Yeah, he's literally a guy that you can see from across the room, and like he's like a... Let's just go meet at Bender because you can see him at any point in any room you're ever in. I, I've said this before. One of my absolute favorite people to peruse Grey Cup festivities with for that reason. And B, he knows absolutely everybody. Yeah, he's a great guy. Uh, looking forward to meeting Brent and uh, talking about the beer league game, which goes down Thursday night, of course. And Olympic gold medalist Megan Mickelson. And we're still taking your text 960-960 name and location. Uh, what's in that envelope? That Eric Francis got that's just know. sitting on the desk here. It's very weird. It's Unmarked like powder. A little bit. I I have no idea. Maybe we get some sort of cash forensics. A it could be cash. Steam it maybe to see what's in it. Yeah, Do hold it up to move? the light. 
Yeah, hold it up to the light. Uh, do that. And then we have an update on the Empire State Building and probably the worst place to break up with somebody. We'll do all of that. Big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan.